Coincidentally, the Torah portion for this week is Bereshit, the book of Genesis. Bereshit bar Elohim et ha-shamayim et ha-aretz v'ha-aretz ha-ta tohu v'vohu. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was unformed and void, dark and without form. And then God said, let there be light. Light follows the darkness. And in fact, even in this darkest of time for the Jewish people, certainly since the Yom Kippur War in 1973, but more so since the Holocaust ended in 1945, the pain that we feel now is the pain that our people felt as the news from the concentration camps filtered out. And people saw, not on social media, for such a thing didn't exist, but they sat in theaters, and I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but they sat in theaters and watched movie tone magazine, uh, movie tone uh, uh, movies. And they sat after the movie, and then you'd have the war news. And that's where the pictures of the concentration camps came. And we were stunned into silence as a people. And the pain that they felt then is the same pain that we feel now. And we are feeling pain. And after we look at the Nazi, the, 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 the Nazi horrors, we ask ourselves a really simple question. They took such amazing records of everything they did. They wrote down names and they wrote down numbers and how many people they executed and how many people they gassed and how many people they deported. And this was vital evidence, of course, in Nuremberg. But the question is, why did they take such records? Why did they take such pains to make records? And if we wanted to be cynical, we can say, because that's what Germans do. They like to keep records. They're very uh, uh, meticulous. And so they wanted to keep a record. No, but that's not the reason. The reason they kept the records was far more nefarious. The reason they kept the records in their own words is they wanted to create a record of the, the non-existent, extinct Jewish race in Europe. They wanted everybody to know what they had done, and they were proud of it. And they kept Torahs, and they kept prayer books, and they kept them in their own storerooms until the end of the war when they were going to uh, create these museums. And they were going to say, look, look at this Torah, and we have one of them in our ark. Look at this Torah. This comes from an extinct Jewish community. Oh, by the way, it was in Czechoslovakia where your great Third Reich exterminated 10,000 people. That's what they did. Why do I mention that? Because the people, and I don't even want to call them people, the terrorists from Hamas did exactly the same thing. They ran into these kibbutzim. They ran into Sterot. They ran into Kfar Aza with their GoPros on their head and filmed everything. This has been a week 
of such video that I never thought I would see. And I force myself to watch it. I force myself to watch it because even though they did this in order to celebrate the death of Jewish men and women and children and grandmothers and anybody else that got in their way, including Arab citizens of Israel who fought on the front lines with Israel, they left a record. And it is up to us to bear witness to what they did. And tonight, all over the country, there are all of these uh, 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 protests that are going on. And these protests are saying, oh, it didn't really happen. They didn't kill 40 children and behead them. They only beheaded a couple of them. That's what they've said. Oh, they're not really civilians. Anybody in Israel is a soldier, including a 92-year-old grandmother who couldn't move from her bed because she was ill. And so they immolated her. The stories are unbearable. Unbearable. And this is why when we have said never again, we meant it. Never again does not mean it's never going to happen again because it keeps happening all the time. What never again means to me is that never again are we going to go silently into that not-so-good night. That we are going to stand up as a people and we are going to resist and we are going to fight back because we saw what happened when we walked into the gas chambers and we are never doing that again. So what do we do? How do we witness? What should we do? We all feel so helpless. And I know that because you've been telling me that all week. You've been texting me. What can we do? Sigh, tell me. What can we do? And so I want to give you some tachlis. I want to give you some real answers. The first thing I need you to do is to stay informed. Make sure you watch the news. Make sure you watch your social media if you can tolerate it. Make sure you know who our friends are and make sure you know who our enemies are. I need you to keep your eyes open. I need you to keep your ears open, not to be afraid. Somebody said to me earlier, Sai, is, 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 are you going to be at the service tonight? And I said, where else would I be? I'm not going to be afraid. Am I going to be cautious? Yes, but I am not going to be afraid because fear is what our enemies depend on. There are now 320,000 Israelis about to enter Gaza and protecting the north from Hezbollah. Not one of them is afraid. Not one. They have seen the images of their mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and sons and daughters massacred. That does not induce fear. It induces 
rage. I know that Israel is going to respond. I know that mistakes will be made. I know that innocent lives will be lost. But somebody has to give me another solution to avoid that. And I haven't heard one. There will be justice. The next thing I need you to do is to stay connected. I need you to stay connected with each other, with somebody you know who has family in Israel, with somebody you know who has a friend in Israel. Call your Israeli cousin who you haven't spoken to because her matzah balls were too small last time you were together and you haven't spoken since. I need you to stay connected. I have a friend in Israel, a ham radio friend, whom I have never met, by the way. I've never met. And I keep texting him and seeing how he's doing. And he said to me something really interesting. He said, he cannot tell me how much he appreciates my messages. Because he knows that he is not alone He knows that he is cared for. He knows that he is thought of. That makes all the difference in the world. Every text you send, every letter you send, every every post you make that's public is its own mishaberach. It's a prayer. Don't hesitate to reach out. The next thing I need you to do is to raise awareness. Don't be afraid to talk about this with people. I was in the 7-Eleven the other day or wherever it was, and there were two people who were talking about what's going on. And of course, I listened because I do that. And these guys were probably not Jewish, and they were appalled, appalled at what was going on. But then I heard of people who haven't even seen the news and who said, what are you talking about? And our task, at least for the next couple of weeks, is to help people become aware. I wouldn't argue with people about whether the Palestinians are right or whether they deserve a state or whether Israel is right or whether there's It's a a just war. I know it's a just war. I'm not going to argue. But I want you to raise awareness, not be afraid to say, these are my people. Show compassion. I want to tell you a kind of a funny story in the midst of all of this horror this week. (laughs) Israel has been on our mind. We've very few of us have gotten any good night's sleep. From the moment we wake up, we're checking our Facebook, we're checking Twitter, we're checking the news, okay? And it paralyzes us in bed. Stella says to us, Stella said to me, she said, I wonder what fresh hell we're going to have this morning. And every single morning is another fresh hell. We've been very concerned about Israel She wanted me to take a chair downstairs this morning. So she picked up the chair and she said, would you take this Israel downstairs? That's, that's, I mean, we're obsessing. That's all we're thinking about. 
We're going to obsess. We're going to think. We're going to connect. But you cannot drive yourself crazy. You have to understand your limitations, but you also have to understand your potential. We in America are safe. I think Stacy said it, that we're safe in here and we're, we're protected and how grateful we are. We are, but we have limitations. We can't get on a plane right now as much as I would love to. But we can't. It's a limitation. We, they're so, we feel so helpless, but you are not helpless. You have potential. And I want to tell you what your potential is. The first thing your potential is, is your money. I know everybody has made donations. I need you to make more. My daughter works for Bloomberg and she texts us and she said, go to whatever, what is that in sign at Strudel, Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg is going to match every single dollar that you donate to Magenda Vida Dome. And so we donated and we know that we donated, that our donation was multiplied. I think he's up to $17 million or 17.5. Is that right, Meryl? Something like that. Okay. The, the temple is accepting your donations as well. If you want to write a check and all that, you can send it to me. I'm going to put it in the rabbi's discretionary fund. I'm going to then write a check or I'll put it into my bank account. And then, of course, I will send it to the matching funds. Jim, I'm not sure if that's legal or not, but uh, somebody, I'm, I'm sure it's like Jewish money laundering or something. But uh, I'll, I'll provide all the paperwork. Stella has also put on our Facebook page um, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, some other funds that you can donate to. If you wish, just go to my Facebook page, go to the Temple Facebook page, make a click, and send some money. I want you also to affirm the good. I want you to do the hakarat hatov, the recognition of the good, the good people out there, not people necessarily who are Jewish. We expect them to be supportive, and most of them are. Some, man, eh, not so much. But I want you to recognize the good. I want you to recognize and say Kaddish for the Arab Israeli who drove the ambulance and was shot in the ambulance for the Christian Israeli who's delivering pizzas to Jews tonight. I want you to recognize the good people out there. And I especially want you to recognize the people in this country and in other countries around the world who are supporting the Jewish people. One of the advantages, and Dennis, you can appreciate this, of being a student of history as I am, is that I sometimes see the symbolism in things that others may not see. 
In the year 70 of the Common Era, Titus conquered Jerusalem. And Titus walked out to Rome, or yeah, walked out to Rome, and he had in his possession, behind his, his train, he had the menorah that he had stolen from the temple. And he had Jewish slaves that he had taken. And the, 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 the Romans were so excited about it, they created an arch of Titus to commemorate this. And if you've ever been to Rome, right, it's the arch, you, 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 you can see it. It's still standing after 2,000 years. Has anybody ever seen it? Yeah. You know that it is Jewish custom never to walk under that, that uh, uh, um, a gate. We're never supposed to walk under that arch. And what did the authorities in Rome do for the first time in history? And as a slap in the face to Titus and every other anti-Semite, they projected a flag of Israel on the Arch of Titus. They said to us in a Catholic country, we understand your pain. We understand what we have done. We understand what you are going through. You are not alone. Where there are flags of Israel displayed all over the world in places you wouldn't expect. Paris? Paris? London? Right? Even in some countries that you would never expect. We need to recognize that, and we need to call it, and we need to say, call it kavod, well done. Golda Meir said, if I can get this right, if I can get this right. Golda Meir said something many, many years ago. where She said, we can forgive you for killing our children, but we can never forgive you for making us kill your children. That's how I feel tonight. I don't want us to kill anybody else's children. I don't want anybody else to feel the pain that 1,300 families are feeling tonight. There are 13 candles here. Each candle represents 100 Israelis killed this past week. I don't want anybody else to feel that pain. But I also do not want anybody else to feel the pain of persecution and feel the pain of helplessness and I want to tell you that when we say never again, I also want to tell you that never again was a vow. And tonight, this week, we renew that vow of never again. I wish you a Shabbat Shalom, as much Shalom as you can find. But let us remember to keep our humanity even in the midst of horror.